Hello, I'm Amanda Hill-Rao with You Choose You Now podcast. During my podcast, I've shared my journey about how I chose myself and came back home to realize my worth, my value, and to get over my limiting beliefs. But I realize as a human being, we're all connected. We're all made for connection. And so I'm delighted to share my first interviews with my guests. People who are in their own journey have found that they have come back to themselves and realized their value, their worth. And I'm delighted to share their journeys with you to see what you can learn. Because after all, we are made to help one another in our awareness. You do you, I do me. But with our connections and our love and our compassion and being, we are built to become who we were meant to be. So I invite you to sit back, relax, listen to the guests, and find out how we are truly all connected. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my show, You Choose You Now. Today, I'm delighted to introduce a very special guest, Laura Helen Herbert, and I actually met her in 2019 when I decided to write my first best-selling book, I Choose Me. What an adventure. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. Tell the listeners a little bit who you are and what you're all about. So I'm Laura, aka Mummy, from Books Boost Business. We create best-selling authors. We only create books of impact. And when we're not doing that, we are traveling worldwide with our super incredible little kidpreneurs who are also authors. I love that, kidpreneurs. <laughs> That's got to go in the dictionary. <laughs> and what's your journey as a parent been like? A roller coaster, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And not a nice roller coaster. <laughs> so we went from no children to two children very quickly because when I was pregnant with my little one, we brought home another little lady. So we went from no kids to two kids, a newborn and a three-year-old who was completely traumatized. We had to, you know, she didn't know her name. She couldn't speak. We had to rehab her. She'd pretty much been through every form of abuse by that age three. So we were trying to handle that whilst having a newborn, Mm -hmm. not to go into it, but my my birth wasn't good either. So I was even having to find myself. And anyone who's been a new mum knows you kind of completely lose yourself anyway when you become a mum without all the drama exactly (laughs) well when you take things on you do take them on fully don't you oh always but what made you choose to adopt your daughter so it wasn't that we set out to do adoptions and like I said I was pregnant with my first little one it's a bit of a story but through someone through someone we heard um this little girl wasn't having the best of times so we invited her down for a holiday because I was on maternity leave because I was big fat and pregnant and I, formerly I was a karate instructor, so I couldn't do that with a giant no. belly in the way. <laughs> so I was like, we live in Cornwall, it's by the beach. Um, we'll have her for a few days and help out and hopefully ease any tension and pressure that was going on at home. We learned way too much in those three days. We, we kind of had to give her back because, you know, she's not legally ours. And we kind of left with the note of, if you ever need help, relief, anything, we'll take her in a heartbeat. Three days later, we got a call. We're getting rid. Do you want or should we just, you know, chuck into care? Like it's an old TV going to the scrapyard. Oh, my gosh. So it was a Thursday. I said, we'll be there. I wanted to go Friday, but they was like, give yourself a day. So we went yes. Saturday. Friday, I ran around like a crazy person, turning our spare room into her room. So yes. she felt like home as soon as she got Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And then that's the rest of the history. And then she's 
and she's our little baby girl. And we have we battled for two and a half years for the adoption. They could have come and taken her any day. Yes. Out of those two and a half years, which is not at all stressful when they're threatening to, and you know it's not safe. Oh, Whilst yeah. bringing up your newborn, and everyone assumes whenever you go to the doctors or any kind of appointment that you've done this before because I have two. Absolutely. What they don't realise is I got two at once. The overwhelm, scary. and you've got to look calm on the outside, but. It doesn't come with a manual, but the fact that I've met your daughter and she's just amazing and it's the best decision you ever made for her and the difference she's made in your life. So congratulations. Oh, Thank you. They say your biggest challenge is your greatest gift and it's definitely turned out I love that. that. That's so true. So in your opinion, because obviously she had parenting that wasn't great, what makes an inspiring parent nowadays? Someone who cares more about the emotional well-being and the happiness of the child than they do about the grades and how they perform. Yes, music to my ears. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true because we are obsessed in society about results and grades and how you look. But with this pandemic and everything, I've realised, well, I learned a few years ago, that our mental and emotional welfare has to come tops. And I'm hoping now in schools that we realise this and let go of the need of results of academics and let children self-care, self-love and find their worth that way. We're not neat. Stop grading us. What has been being a mother taught you about you, Laura? It's taught me how to show up in the world as my best self. Mm-hmm. because I want to be they don't do what we say they do what we do and I realized this really early on because I love that will you say that again they don't do what we say they do what we do so we have to be everyone's like how do I get my kid to do this you do it first it's that simple and I realized this really early on so I wanted to always be my best self so I would show up every day even things where I I didn't want to do it or I wanted to mm-hmm. just go oh I can't do this <laughs> the frustration <laughs> Yeah. If someone says can't in our house, it's like, oh, that's the C word in our house. Like, you don't say that word. Wow. Because it cuts off any other possibility. Yes. So then I've had to step up and be my best self because they're always there. They're always watching. (laughs) Yes. No, but we think little children, you know, they're outside the door, but they've got ears, they've got eyes and they absorb everything. And being the role model is the best way rather than saying it, doing it, as you say. So many parents will tell their kids, Go for your dreams, reach for the stars while they sit in their box office job that they hate. Yes. Why did your kid not follow their dreams? Because you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Get out there, chase it. They will copy your example. Exactly. Lead by example and overcome your fears and just step out. Even a little bit of discomfort is worthwhile, especially to your children, because it shows them what is possible. So my purpose in my broadcast is for adults to heal their inner wounded child because I do believe we've all got an inner wounded child that through our own childhood and our parents bringing us up some things weren't met how does that idea resonate with you this is where we completely align and connect and like you said your book has been a roller coaster the title of your book is actually your second book because the first one was all that childhood trauma and drama coming through Yes. It wasn't until you said it out loud a few times and then read it back, you were like, oh my goodness. And then you were really able to heal and overcome that. We all have to do that. Anyone Mm -hmm. who's out there making a difference as a parent, as a leader, as a business, you know, owner, whatever those people are, they've had to do that inner work. Yes. And we're not trained at school to do that, are we? Or even by our families. We're told to look good, be proper, whatever that is. 
and actually facing our fears, talking about our emotions and our thoughts, which aren't us, actually frees us out from that box, as you said at the beginning, that we've put into. When you say about family, they're often the ones we get the same things from because we have the same narratives that they had. Mm -hmm. So it's like this generational curse. Yeah, so we've got to put a stop to it. Yeah, you've got to be the one that smashes that, smashes up the boxes, just rip them apart and just start afresh because so many people are in a generational curse. And people laugh at me when I say that. There's still people that leave a little bit of tea in the bottom of their cup. You have tea bags. There's no tea leaves in there. Why are you doing it? Because my mother did it and her mother did it before that. I get the sense of loyalty because I'm a very loyal person and I had that, but I realized narratives that I was continuing weren't serving me, would be no use to my son. And it's time just to change them, drop the old and take on that serves you. Which is why I love you, because you're the living example of what you preach. (laughs) Thank you, my darling. So let's talk about books, booze business. How has that helped you find your purpose in life, having this business? Because I know you weren't always a business lady like this. Tell us how you started off with your husband. So I was actually a car mechanic by trade, <laughs> of course. Love it. <laughs> and I like to be the best at everything I do. So when we started looking at having kids, I then worked in schools and nursery, trained to be nursery nurse as a nanny, because I had to be. I hadn't ever changed a nappy, so I was not yes. going to be unprepared. So we went through all this crazy journey, and then before we had our children, we started looking at there must be another way than the nine to five. Mm-hmm. And we actually created a website It's called newtiresquick.com because being around all these different people, I realized the prices they pay for their tires, something as simple as car tires, were insane because they just didn't know any better. So it wasn't just about tires. It was taking all mechanical garbage, gobbledygook that people don't understand and making it super simple and easy for everybody. So we started realizing about adding value to Mm -hmm. our audience and that's how we gain things. And then our daughter wrote a book. Wow. And how old was she when she wrote her book? Seven. Wow. So when we bought our home, obviously I didn't have anything. I had a three-year-old and I didn't really have anything. So I got resourceful. It's like my super skill. And I ordered two library cards as if my other kid had already been born. I just made up a name and a date of birth and ordered two library cards. (laughs) And we went to the library and we got loads of books. And we're not a TV family, so we used to read lots of books. I'm like Mm -hmm. a female Mrs. Tumbles, the way I read. I'm very animated and silly. I think that's amazing, bringing the books to life. Yeah, so the kids get lost in this world of stories, and then they started realizing that we read a lot of books. And she's like, what what are you reading? I'm like, we don't read to read stories, we read to learn. Mm -hmm. And she was really confused, like, that you're a grown-up, but what more could you need to learn? (laughs) They think we know everything. That is not true. We make mistakes, and we're learning to the day we die. Which a lot of people wait till they know something to teach their children. We jump in all together, all knowing different amounts of stuff, and then just learn together. We don't have that fear of, and a lot of the times, they're actually better, especially languages. They pick it up so much faster, they make us look really silly. But she created this book because we let her read one of ours with a dictionary. And there was a line in there that really struck her about J.K. Rowling, who makes more money than the Queen. And she does what she loves. She writes stories. Go with your passion. Yeah, so she came down with this book. And um, we'd just been in touch with someone who does entrepreneurial kid fairs in London. And I was like, it's in 10 days. Can we do this? <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> so we did. We created this book. We created banners and um, business cards and all this stuff to go with it. Long story short, she sold out in a matter of a couple hours. Everyone wow. went crazy for it. She was so inflamed and 
passion and they got her to sign the books so she's like I'm a famous author like, yeah her. and kept creating books and the normal publishers they wanted to take her off the cover they wanted to correct all her grammar she's seven that's what makes it no romantic. it's real and it's the fact that you provided the environment to allow it to happen and for her just to be who she is I just think that is amazing I just wish we all had the courage in ourselves to be that way and not worry about being failing or being judged or anything like that which is something she's learned since that first book at seven she started getting haters she was really excited because she's like wow i must be famous if people don't even like me yet yeah and like, <laughs> we celebrate it and taylor swifted shaped it off but now she purposely leaves mistakes when our editors go through it she purposely leaves a few mistakes in the book so that other kids can see it doesn't have to be perfect thank you because i am a great believer of let's get rid of the word perfect unless you want to be a robot and even those aren't perfect but why is family important to you Family is everything because it's unconditional love. Mm. It's not necessarily just blood. It's yes. just unconditional love. And you know who you have those connections with. I have people that aren't blood, but I love them so unconditionally. Most of my clients will know this. They'll feel this. The reason they can share and unleash all their greatness and all their stories with me is because there is zero judgment. Yes. I just hold the space and send unconditional love. Just me holding space can help someone completely go well you certainly helped help me because I was stuck in my head for 40 years 45 years who am I kidding until you just <laughs> held that space beautifully and let me pour out all the suffering so I could get over it quite frankly doing that in a family oh my goodness could you imagine the children how they're going to be as adults that's just inspirational and watch look at the kids like everyone's like how'd you do this are you a really pushy mum and honestly, I'm like, oh, my God, they work me so hard. You Today, just turn up at the time and you're available. Like, they're still so tiny. And it's not because we, we pushed them. Tegan's a speaker. She watched me speaking one day and was like, Mommy, can I have a go? It was a relaxed event. And they were like, okay, she can talk at lunch. So at lunchtime, they said, we've got a little lady who wants to try speaking on the stage. She is an author of this book and she wants to have a go. Feel free to hang around and listen. If not, it's totally fine. Go and eat. So she went straight <laughs> into her story. Life before three. And went straight into her drama, captivated the room. She took them on an emotional wow. roller coaster and I then became Tegan's mom for a couple of years. <laughs> she just flew up. It's amazing. <laughs> but I just love the fact you did the role modeling, provided the right safe environment and just let your children be who they're meant to be themselves rather than thinking they have to be something that I want them to be. That's yeah. truly groundbreaking. And Simple, they're not allowed to- but hard for parents mm-hmm. to let that control go. It really is. And even, I mean, our kids don't go to school. Yeah, we don't have the, the peer pressure of whatever's happening at school. When it comes to Christmas, they have to think, they have to really think of what they want because they don't have TV either. Yes. So they don't have all the adverts telling them what they want. They don't have all their friends telling them what the latest trend is. They really have to think for themselves. We yeah. teach them how to think, not what to think, which is. Mm. They haven't been programmed, as I say, with advertising, TV, media. It's all programming us and we don't even realize it but your children have been free of that, which is amazing. Now, I know you have a wonderful company called Forever Family Forever Free. Explain your vision and journey with this. We started with Forever Family because the day we won the adoption, Tegan became part of our Forever Family. So that was like mushy for us. And Forever Free, it's not even just, I mean, we are out traveling the world, living this freestyle, but it's just, I guess it's free without boxes, free without restraints, free to love and play. And if you ask my kids, what do you want to be when you're older? They'll tell you happy. Oh, I love that. 
there's no roles you have to be this or labels it's just I want to be me in my being and being happy that's freedom in itself exactly exactly so people get really confused when they answer that which is really funny but I'll say, ask them differently. Ask them what they want to change in the world. And then they'll tell you their mission and what they're going to do and who they're going to save and how they're going to do it. And that's when they, you really spark their passion. But they confuse people all the time, telling people they want to be happy. Now, I know that you were approached to do a TV show because the makers were absolutely curious and delighted about your lifestyle. Tell us about that. Yes. So we got approached last summer to have a quarter a day in the life of. And they were just going to follow us around a bit and see what we do, how we do it, how we live, who our kids are, how they became to be these little superstars that they are. And what was amazing is the person we dealt directly with and the camera crew we dealt, dealt directly with were also amazing, beautiful souls. Now, my little boy, he's finding his confidence now, but he's always been a little bit, you know, until he knows you, yes, he'll be a little a bit, bit weary. And the camera girl, there was no pressure. The producer, there was no pressure. She was like, okay, we're going to the next location. Can I get in the car with you? So she jumps in the back of the car with the kids and she's teaching my boy all about her camera and all this stuff. She made the connection first. So even they were amazing with the children. So then they got the best of them. Absolutely. And they they got to see how we live. Following the lockdown and the global pandemic, what lessons have you learned about your family and how is you as a mother show up each day? And I know you haven't got TV, so it's been slightly different from you. So explain, has there been any difference? It's quite funny, really, because everyone's like, did you know this was coming? We travel full time, we together all the time. We home, we call it world school, but, you know, we have our kids at home with us learning every day. So we were kind of set, our business is all online and virtual. So we were kind of set, ready to rock. And our clients' biggest excuse is, I don't have enough time. Boom, they had enough time. <laughs> <laughs> so for us, it's not changed too much other than slowed our traveling down a little bit. Apart from that, it's not, it's not really changed our world. What does concern me is the fear in people. I can't help but, I'm a bit of a love bug, so I can't help but be kind. So if I see a kid getting upset in the supermarket, I want to make a silly face and cheer it up to help de-stress the mummy yes. and tell the mummy, sure, I will have bad days. Exactly. But you get close and everyone freaks out. Yeah. There yeah. was an old gent earlier in the shop trying to pack his shopping up. They were whizzing it through and he could not keep up. And I wanted with my all to go and help him pack his bags. Yes. Even just my first step forward, like I'm going to go over with a knife and stab him. People are so, so fearful and it's heartbreaking. I believe if you think fearfully, you become fearful and then you stop living. And I'm not prepared to do that. I'm standing up every day. Homeschooling, I know you do it like to duck to water. It's been challenging (laughs) for some people and me as a teacher. It's been challenging being a teacher and trying to help my son. But you just go in and say, it'll be what it'll be without the worry. And then it turns out. I think it's opened up possibilities to a lot, a lot of people. It's so funny because before the lockdown, everyone thought I was like this doting little mum house on the prairie. Oh, you've got it so easy. And then lockdown comes and now they think I'm like this wonder woman. Ha ha. Because it's not easy. And we mindfully parent. So it's, it's even more because you have to think before you anything leaves your mouth or you make that face. Yes. And you have yes. to be mindful all the time. But I think it's made people realise now a lot of people work virtually. Absolutely. It's almost opening up some boxes that were so sealed shut before they wouldn't even Because it has it. to be this way. I have to go to the office. Children have to go to school and be educated and then we'll come back for a few hours in the evening. Whereas yeah. you work alongside, I know you do a lot of your work in the evening when the children are in bed. 
so that you can be there for them to experience and learn together, which I think is wonderful. Absolutely. We created Life by Design so that we could play all day and then work in the evenings. And a lot of parents that we've had over the COVID, because we, we try and coach families and parents as well, they were trying to teach the kids. They were trying to school the kids. And I'm like, don't make this the hardest, stressful issue of your life. Mm-hmm. Make yeah. it the best. Just connect. Just have fun. Get to know your kids. Yeah. Do some baking together. Hands-on experience. Leave the books yeah. behind. Go like. check the tire pressures and fill up the water and, you know, just do life skills. Live life. Yeah, exactly. We need more of that in school. And talking about schooling, what value do you see education has in the lives of adults and children? So this is where I get confused by the question, because education and schooling is two very different, two different things. things. Mm-hmm. We believe in education. Our kids are such, oh my gosh, little whips, they're so incredible. But they haven't had schooling. We -hmm. don't sit down and do lessons. But I think education is so important. Every human, we're all born, you watch these little toddlers, and their curiosity and their thirst for knowledge is outstanding. They have it because it hasn't been squished. They haven't been put in a box. But they still want to learn. The problem with all these kids that are now homeschooled, they've never wanted to learn because you've made it boring. You've made it a thing they have to do things they're not passionate about. They've been force-fed stuff they then have to remember and then repeat back. They're not really learning. They're not being educated. I do realise I left school, I haven't used algebra, I didn't use a lot of my geography and history, but life skills, things like changing the tyre, being able to cook, be able to interact with other people, those are skills that you teach your children just as a matter of fact. Yeah, that's the biggest question we get. What about socialization? Mm -hmm. Oh, so you think sitting in the same group of peers for 10, 16 years, however long you're at school, there's people with the same ability, the same age, for all that time, you think that's them being social? My kids can roll around on the floor with a baby. They can play with a toddler. They can play with people their own age. They could come and hold an interview conversation with you. And they can go and talk to granny and grandpa and really hold conversations. People will look at mm-hmm. them like, I can't believe this, this kid's ate. The conversation we're having is so deep. They know how to actually socialize. We take them yeah. to amazing events where they mix in with world changes. And they mm-hmm. can hold themselves in these rooms and they can have these conversations. Your kids might look confident around their friends. Go and check them in a room of strangers. Yes, that's where they really show up as who they are programmed to be or allowed to be. So you've got a curriculum for life. What is your curriculum for life? Because I do think we need more of a curriculum of life in schools. What do you think, if we could wave a magic wand, change the curriculum up, what would you put in? It doesn't need a change, does it? It needs completely demolishing and starting again. I think child-led learning is the way. I think nurseries are starting to get there. Ali is practitioner here. So our kids, our curriculum for our school and our kids is we, we try and get out in nature and play out as much as we can every yes. day. Horror when schools. they ask a question, <laughs> we answer it. Yes. We really answer their questions. Even if we don't know the answers, we'll go to libraries, we'll get books, we'll go online, we'll research it. My little boy learned about planets at like age three because, wow, look, stars, wow, how does this, how does that? He can mm-hmm. still name them all because it was a passion and he took it on. Yeah. Dinosaurs, oh my goodness, I know like four that I could tell you. The amount of dinosaurs he knows and facts about them. Because, because he was driven by his interests and passion, yes. Yeah, the curiosity. He takes apart radios. He's like a little inventor. He takes apart the radios to see how it works. So it's keeping that curiosity and creativity yes. alive. Because I you? know that we do lose it as adults. It is in all young children. And that's my passion. 
with healing the wounded child within us to go back to that date and start again, really, as the adults we are. But how has your own childhood affected how you show up in the world today? My childhood made me a protector. So mm-hmm. I was, I, I nearly wrote a whole sub story of my own drama. I ended up deleting it all, like, yeah, I'm over it now, I'm all done. Born protector, because I had a very interesting childhood. Like, everyone has a question they ask themselves all the time. Lots of people, it's, why me? Yes. Mine was, is everyone safe? Is everyone okay? Is everyone safe? Is everyone okay? So I wow. had this big... You had to grow up fast then. I did. So it wasn't just my siblings. It was even one of my parents that I was totally, you know, she probably wouldn't be on the planet if I wasn't there making a difference quietly in the background that no one knew. So it made me this protector, the good Samaritan. I'm mm-hmm. not an overly religious person, but that story kind of stuck with me. So I'm the one that would have stopped. Yes. I'm the one that can't help but help. You'll see an old lady struggling with a bag over the bridge. I'm the one that goes, carries the bag. Yes. Someone drops something, I'm there to pick it up or go grab them a new bag because their bag broke. I can't help but help. So you've got an inner built kindness. I'm going to throw you, are you kind to yourself? This was a big lesson for me, which mm-hmm. I only learned a few years ago. How did you go about that? Because I know because I was a helper. You're saying provide, I was a helper. But I realized I was helping people from a need that wasn't met within me. Why did you become the provider? What need wasn't met for you as a child? So it's the whole safety, I guess, which is funny because my daughter's phrase is, I want every kid to be happy, safe and loved. So <laughs> uh, I wonder who's in a story that used to be. <laughs> so working through her journey helped yes. me unlock of stuff that was locked so tightly in a box somewhere that I'd mm-hmm. almost forgotten stuff had happened. Yes. So you can imagine I'm nine months pregnant, almost ready to drop. And I've got a three-year-old telling me things I wish I could never hear ever come out of any person's mouth, ever. As if that's not horrendous. I'm pregnant. Anyone who's had a baby will know you're an emotional, absolute wreck. Vulnerable and emotion. So it it shocked me to my core. It helped me work through all my stuff. I have to give credit to Mr. Tony Robbins. I went to Anisha Paravin, followed by Date with Destiny. Now, I did it all for Tegan. But what I got out of Date with Destiny, it got to, there's about six days of Date with Destiny. It got to day four or five and... Tegan had had all this magical stuff happening, been crazy. The trainer in our group was like, okay, Laura, now it's your turn. Put the control uh-huh. under the chair. And he worked through me with some stuff. And he's like, give and give and give. You yes. never open. So all this abundance doesn't open. come back to you. And I went home thinking, oh, he's crazy. What's he talking about? Of course I can accept and kindness and all. And then my little boy tried to offer me a part of his snack. And, and you went, like, no, you have it, it, darling. Yes, I could hear you say that. He was crying. And I'm like, what am I doing? Yes, please, I'll have it. And then I ate it. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're right. So what we can learn from our children just in their innocence and being and showing up is more valuable than anything, really. Oh, people ask us how we school them. They teach us every yeah. single day. Yeah. And they're around these world changes from scratch. They're an empty sponge. We go to these events and try and learn. We're trying to unlearn all this stuff to try and package in new yes. stuff. It's harder for us as adults to unlearn what we've already had rather than if we can provide this for youngsters from the future, do you imagine what the world would be like? That's exactly. Amazing. So they coach us. Like it's, it's been such a process. Even Hubby. Hubby, his big thing was time. Yes. Can't be late, can't be late, can't be late. And he worked all the time. So, he, you know, he wasn't quite as aware of what it takes to put two kids in a car. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a very long time. You know, especially when they're little and they're in diapers yeah, and you just absolutely. think you've got it together and then someone's done something in their diapers and you've got to start all over again. So he used to be like, time, 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 come on, come on. And my little boy, when he was three, grabbed daddy's hands and went, daddy, are we all okay? Yes, of course we are. Are we all happy and safe? Is everything okay? Yeah, of course. 
and relax. Yeah, so what's wrong? And it's like, gosh. (laughs) So they learn all this stuff from these people. I love it. As adults, because we have so much boxed up inside us that we don't really want to. I know I repressed a lot and didn't want to go back there because I didn't like that ooky icky feeling. But how can we move away from our limiting beliefs and our inherited family narratives? I'm aware of them. So many people don't even realise the story they keep telling you on repeat. I had a client who was doing it so much. I had her go through her book so many times with me until it clicked that she's saying the same thing over and over and over and over again. Wow. So it's not as powerful if I tell you what your, I was going to say BS, you know, belief systems, what they are. If you don't understand and you don't realize what you're saying. And how do you get that awareness? You start listening to what keeps coming up. So in the good moments, in the bad moments, what are you saying to yourself? Mm-hmm. I was a very serious kid. I was. Yes. So was I. You wouldn't know but that I'd now, see something me. happen and I'd, something great would happen. And I'd be like, oh. And then I watch someone else celebrate and they're like, wow, arms in the air, running around. And I'm like, why can't I react like that? So I started to notice in me, even as a kid, as quite self-aware, I want to be that happy. This is yeah. awesome what's just happened. Why can't I? Because we have happiness like innately in us and joy. Just hear the repeating no. and thinking, does it serve me now? Or is it time to let go? Let yeah, it go. We all have one primary question that we ask again and again and again. And I told mm. you mine was, is everyone safe? Is everyone okay? Lots of people is along the lines of, why me? Why does this happen to me? Mine was, why me? Until I now, what for? (laughs) (laughs) And you've changed it to what for? Me and helping the kids find theirs, I was like, what's magical about this? And where I've repeated it so much to my kids, it's actually become mine. I love it. So anything's possible, any miracle, every day is a miracle as I see it. (laughs) And the important place to use it is when something bad is happening. But it's in those times that you have to bring the greatest awareness to your situation. But your mind doesn't like you to do that. It doesn't. And it takes practice. It's not easy. Because we've got to the point now, we get lost all the time, where we'll go and get lost. And maybe one of us is feeling the tension a little bit. And then one of us will snap the other ones out of it. We're quite a family group. So it'd be like, what would we not have seen if we hadn't come this way? But because you're living it daily, it becomes natural. Exactly. If the kids are saying it to you, you, you have to get out of it really quick. Absolutely. As I said, the best teachers. So <laughs> what advice would you give to parents parenting children today? Laugh. It's almost like a cheat for parents. You can find it funny. Like my example I always use is hilarious. Back when you had video players. Yeah. So we were, we were kind of Disney kids. We were brought up on Disney. The moment my baby sister was a tiny tot, she'd be sat in front of the TV with a little V-shaped cushion, watching people stick things in the VCR. And then all this magical stuff would come up on the TV. So what's the first thing she did as a toddler? What did she put in the VCR? She put a sandwich in the VCR. Ah! Of course, nothing magical came up. It was quite a drama. I bet. But these kind of moments is when you have to laugh. It's yeah. the whole you have to laugh or cry. But she was watching. She was observing. And she was curious and she tried it out. So good exactly. on her. Exactly. But do you think that's how the situation was handled? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But it's actually looking in hindsight, if we could have seen what she'd done it and the reason she'd done it and seen the brighter side, the lighter side, life would have been very different. <laughs> we call this a 10 second rule. People with young kids, is, I, I love parenting people with young kids because you can get in there really quick. The 10 second rule is magic. So What's I have that? a cool couple of examples. So my little boy, we're walking along and he climbs this big grassy bank. I mean, for me, it's terrifying. I helicopter at a distance, so I pretend I'm not bothered when really I'm freaking out on the inside, ready to catch them before. 
and he's climbing up and I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And I count to 10. By the time I count to 10, he's gone up to the top, picked the one flower on this whole stretch of place and bought it and gifted me a flower. Oh, I do think children will not do things that they know they can't do. God forbid they did fall. Their head would not hit that ground. (laughs) (laughs) Superwoman. He did it at a party where we actually taught lots of kids at once by accident. He was at a birthday party and he waddled over to the table. It was only a tiny top and grabbed four breadsticks. And one of the kids was going to, you know, they they started to do the, he took four breadsticks thing. And I was like, whoa, wait, wow, look, watch. And just distracted, broke their patterns. And they're all kind of watching me. And I'm like, watch what he does with them. He walks over to daddy, gives daddy a breadstick. He walks over to mummy, gives her a breadstick. He walks over to his sister, gives her a breadstick. And he had the small breadstick and he ate last. Oh, that's beautiful. We would have just killed his idea of sharing if we'd have screened it. But we're so quick. (laughs) I know myself because I react rather than respond. And when I get annoyed, especially when I'm tired, rules rather than just and hold, as you say, that 10 second hold and just observe. If we could do that. Oh, wow. And people forget about intentions when you've got older kids. If they don't wake up and think, ha, 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 how can I annoy my parents today? I'm going to do this. They don't get up with that intention. So sometimes just having that breath to think, what was they trying to do here? What yeah. was their desired outcome? What's gone wrong? This has actually changed my marriage, to be honest, because rather than going, you silly person, you did this and now look what's happened. I go, I can see you were trying to do this. And that is awesome. It's the language, isn't it? Let's not ever do that again, because look what happened. I love that bit of advice. Finally, if you could offer one piece of golden advice that served you well and summarizes your journey, what would it be? It's the whole leading with heart, leading with kindness, mm-hmm. being a leader, yes. setting the example. Yes. Whether it's to kids, whether it's to employees, whether there's always someone. I can't help, no matter what language, I'm like, hi, good morning, hey, how you doing? I meet anybody. I want to add value. I want to change something. I want to improve upon their lives in some way. I just can't help myself to make that little bit of difference. And if you're feeling down, sad, but if you're feeling in that, go do a random act of kindness for someone. Go bake a cake for a neighbor you've not met. Go give a bunch of flowers to a random stranger. See how long you stay in that state. It's the gratitude. It's the love. And if the world could embrace the gratitude and share from their hearts, as you say, wow, place would be very, very different. I've been coaching this a lot lately. Something recently I heard was, if tomorrow when you wake up, all you have is what you were grateful for today, what would you have? Now that sounds like a really simple thing. When you think about it, part of my daughter's journey has helped me with that because people would come to a school event because she was in school before we won. Oh, sports day, another kids event. Oh, I'm there in tears. This could be my last ever school event with this kid. So it made me appreciate every time. We really made the kids focus on stuff like that. At dinner time, every night we'd eat meals together. We'd write three things that were best about the day and that we feel accomplished about and three things we're grateful for. I love that. And we got into that habit. So now when we're eating dinner, people will just, we don't have to write the list anymore. I did this today. Oh, you won't believe it. We did that today. It becomes natural. You're living in the delight and the wonder of the world and yourself. 
I love it. I love what you're about. I love how you show up in the world. And I'm just so Sharing grateful for stories, having you in my life. Thank you, Laura. So that was the amazing Laura Helen Herbert. She is an individual, but she has come from her own pain, her own stories, and she's healed by just being, by providing an environment of love, care, warmth, and being real. It is possible. Just trust yourself, lean in. Until next time, take care.